Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bears on Tap, a podcast about the Chicago Bears presented to you by ONTAP Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. And today I'm joined by my co-host at Joey Knows Nothing. We're going to get ready for this weekend's matchup against the Dallas Cowboys. Quick turnaround. A lot has happened. It's only been about 48 hours since we talked. Uh, obviously, Victory Tuesday turned out to be the last Tuesday uh, for a certain bear. But before we get started on everything today, Joey, how are you, my guy? Doing great, man. I'm uh... – yeah, it kind of sucks, right? Like seeing the the Robert Quinn stuff today. I mean, like on one side of it, I'm happy because like you got a fourth round pick for him at this point, which a lot of people were saying like, oh, you'll be lucky to get a fifth or a sixth or something like that with the way he's playing this year. But like that guy was a leader. We talked about a pre-show. The guy was a leader on the defense. He still put up 18 and a half sacks last year. Who broke, which broke a franchise record, single season franchise record. Um, obviously, he had the first season was very rough here, but then bounced back like that. Like, there's still a lot in the tank there. I feel like the double teams. You just asked me how I was doing before we break into all this shit, man. I'm doing no, good. No, 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 no. <laughs> Let the people know because, hey, dude, trades are a weird thing. Trades hit everyone a different way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it, it, like, and all trades suck. Let me let me continue my stance on that. Whether it's baseball, basketball, football, whatever sport it may be, hockey, trades, fantasy football, they all suck. They're terrible. Nobody wins. The only team that wins is the is the team that got our best fucking defensive end, and we got a fourth round pick that now we have to send some guy into fucking the trenches of college football to go find some dog. And he may or may not turn out. Fuck that. Fuck the prospect system. Fuck the practice squad. Fuck the bullshit. Bring me the five stars. And then the lunch pail guys in between. But see, you know what people are going to say to that, though. The five stars, you might get a five star in the fourth round, right? Listen, like, that's listen. the response to that. But I, I did get one with Eddie Jackson. You did, and you got – I mean, you pretty much got a five-star in Darnell Mooney in the fifth, right? So, like, we've seen it happen. Adrian Amos, you could kind of say, like, that's like a five-star. I mean, I know he's not here anymore, but, like, we've seen it. He's lost I mean, a couple stars. A couple stars. He's lost a couple stars now, yeah. yeah. It's going, going to that trader. He's a trader now, but yeah. um, going to the Packers. But, dude, I feel you, man. Like, trades hit me differently all the time, too. Like, I feel like – on one hand, when you're a buying team, like you said, you know, the team that gets the player that the th- that's ready won. to produce. Yeah, they won the trade already. Right now they did. Right now they did. Whatever that fourth-round pick becomes, like we're not going to know until, you know what I mean? We're not going to know what the Bears do with that pick and, like, how that player is going to perform. And that's the yeah. that's the hardest part and to take. Someone, right someone will make a faceless Twitter account sucking that player dry, and that player will probably not be good. And that's just like – the cycle of trading players and the NFL. Like, I couldn't tell you the last time I saw a trade that was worth a shit for both teams involved. And right now, the timing of it, right? Like, think about the timing, okay? You come off your most dominating victory. I There were certain points on Monday I didn't even know what the fuck to say because we haven't beat a team like that ever since we've had this show. Uh, and even before we had the show, I could not pit, pinpoint a game that we looked like that, especially in prime time. 
And the way I look at it is this man didn't even get to practice on Wednesday. Like he came to Hallis Hall and his key card didn't fucking work. And you saw you saw Roquan's reaction. That's why I'm wearing Roquan's jersey today because Roquan's my guy. But what like morale absolutely defeated, absolutely crushed. I'm looking at the injury report and the death chart and just stuff like just to see if the Bears already kind of moved someone up. And on the Bears website, first string D end, it's just blank. Like yeah. What the fuck, dude? Kevin <laughs> Jenkins before the season. Yeah. Out right yeah. Now. So frustrating. I know Bears fans are like, oh, good, good, glad he's gone, whatever. But the way our season is going right now, they didn't trade him at the beginning of the season when his value was the highest. And it's not that they were going to get a first or a second round draft pick for him, but it, overall, the whole situation is just frustrating. And I'm pinpointing the timing of it and just the player, man. Like, what the fuck? We had two two all-pro defensive ends, and now we have no. Travis Gibson and a rookie in Dominique Robinson, who isn't bad, but... Both of them are pretty solid. It's just like, they're solid to their own extent. It's yeah, not... It's just still like, like, why are we doing this to ourselves as a franchise? Again, and I state... And Quinn asked me a few weeks ago, do I blame Ryan Poles or Ryan Pace more for the situation that we're in? And it is the man who has yet to wake up for the day that's just covered in Cool Ranch Doritos, just laying in his fucking lazies, like in his his little fucking lounge, just chilling. That fat bastard, I don't like him. I, 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 and I'm fat too, so I can say it. So I don't care. Cancel culture come for me, but... I do not like anything that Ryan Poles has done yet. 63% new roster and all of the great players that we had left on the roster, regardless of the money that they were due, were still paying money on those contracts. Joey, I'm, ha- I'm glad you had me pull it up before, but Tom Pelissero reported that the bears are paying 7.1 million of Robert Quinn's remaining base salary this season. And then Philadelphia essentially gets Quinn for the minimum for this year. And then inherits non-guaranteed base salaries of 14 and 13 million in the next two years. So you get rid of them, but you're still paying them. And obviously you're not in a window to contend, but like I said, before we started, is it like the guy's going to fall off a cliff and not be productive? Like there's not a spot for him on our team, especially after already getting rid of Khalil Mack. No. That's that's kind of where I'm at with it. It's well, and and to your point too, like I feel like a lot of his poor production this season is kind of like okay, you could see that from any real stud, especially when they're getting more double teams. Like I feel like, and I haven't like grinded the tape with this Bears team this season, at least defensively, to see like if he's getting a ton of more double teams. But I feel like that's the case, especially when they don't have somebody that's solidified in this league as like a staple on the other side. So I feel like they're kind of focusing more attention on Robert Quinn and your production's probably going to go down there as far as sacks go. And like, he's going to go to Philly. He didn't break the record last year for single season Chicago bears. Like, yeah, no, that didn't happen at all. You know, like didn't happen. That just, we're just, we're just going to forget about that. He's, he's worth a fourth round pick now all of a sudden. Like I, I think that right now that's where his value probably is. 
like this right now. That's probably you probably got good value for him, if we're being honest. But yeah. you should have done it before the season. We've said that multiple times. And he's going to go to Philly. The most frustrating part of this, he's going to go to Philly, and he's probably going to have like he's probably going to get home to the quarterback on average of one and a half times a game because of how good that team already is. Yeah. So now yeah, he's going to go over there, and, and just he's going to play against us later in the season. It's going to feast against but, us. Look at our old line. We haven't even talked about that. This game coming yeah, up could be we're ridiculous. Cooked. We're cooked because our injury report did come out today. But, I mean, just a quick moment of silence for this podcast because let's say, let's say you didn't listen to the recap right away and you wait until this episode comes out and you listen to the recap of last game and then, like, the first five minutes of this episode, and it's just, like, cloud nine and then – I hate Ryan Poles. Like, just like that. Straight like that. Like, well, the listen. level of emotion switches so quickly. Obviously, that episode was on Monday night. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In the life of a Bears fan. We can't have it nice for three fucking days. We go know? like, we are the most up and down <laughs> franchise as far as the fan base goes. And mostly just down. Yeah. But when we go up, we don't stay there very long. It's- I just, I thought it was just like such a swift kick in the nuts where like I, I was already running like errands that I didn't want to run. I had to get like the emission test for my car so I could get my three $3,000 sticker for it. Like, Jesus, those things are expensive now. And all I see is like, the you know how when ESPN sends you an alert and you're not, it's not for a game or anything. You're like, oh no. Yeah, what's that? And then it says Bears trade, and I'm like, are you serious? And then obviously Robert Quinn. So, Wusa, he is gone. Uh, he's probably going to wreak havoc against us later in the season and kick us off the in-the-hunt graphic. I am not trying to manifest that, but we are on that graphic as we speak. And we have a game this weekend. We have a defense that we have to prepare to play a very versatile offense in the Dallas Cowboys. A lot of playmakers. Uh, they got their quarterback and Dak Prescott la- uh, back last week. I would have loved to have got the opportunity to play Cooper Rush the way he was playing the last few weeks. Mm. He, was, he was looking pretty cooked. But Especially that last game, yeah. Dak, Dak's still not, you know, where he's not up to speed. You know, he played one game. So it's going to be a little bit different with the pass rush that we have. Going to need a big game out of Gibson. Going to need a big game out of Robinson, and especially the interior line. But – Dallas hasn't looked like they haven't looked really great offensively over the last few weeks. I know you were a, a Detroit plus seven guy last week. That didn't work out, but yeah, I was banking on the rustiness factor. Dak just coming back and Detroit at, at coming half, off. They got blown out the week before at, in Foxborough, I believe. So I was like, at halftime, you looked like the smartest man in the room. So I'll should have just done the first half, to be honest. But. Yeah, sometimes I like I like the uh, the in and out. A nice first half, or like uh, with the Bears, yeah. the Bears the on Monday, it looked like that might have been the move. And then I'm like, no, I don't even have bunny line, and I'm I'm like scared. Like we're we're gonna win this game. Like we're good. But it's a big spread this week for the Bears too. By the way, oh, Scott just said Zeke is out. So yeah, I haven't seen an injury report. Was he ruled yet. out? I know he was ba- he was banged up. I'm gonna check that right now. Maybe Scott, he's saying he's out, though. So, Yeah, I don't know. I looked at the Dallas Cowboys injury report, and I didn't see anything on there. So, Not expected to play this week, it says. Yeah, knee injury. He went out. It looked, it looked pretty bad last week. So, um, top, Pollard's a dude. That could be Listen, huge, man, because, like, Pollard, I, Pollard's a dog, dude. He is, but 
But like I feel like with Pollard and Zeke, they have a very similar uh like the similarities between the Bears running game with Montgomery and with Khalil Herbert. Like Montgomery basically is Zeke in the sense that like I heard this on another podcast, dude. Did you actually hear this? I, I was just I was looking at these uh, two teams I, today. It, not so much the Montgomery part, but the fact that uh someone called Khalil Herbert, like the Tony Pollard of the Bears. Interesting. Because I kind of feel that. I okay, so, feel that. So the point that they were making was they said that when Herbert was the guy, it wasn't as good as when he's the change of pace. And it's almost like a, a bigger, more elevated role of what Jimmy mm-hmm. Cohen had, and he's not five foot nine. So and, and Pollard doesn't still up three, but but yeah, like Khalil Herbert is that dude as far as like one B. Like in the NFC right now, if you look at it, for one B backs, it's Tony Pollard and then Khalil Herbert. In I my think opinion, they. I think to me, yeah, you're probably right. Like you could probably throw Nick Chubb and like Kareem Hunt. No, no, I'm just there, I'm just talking straight NFC, just straight just, NFC. Oh, just NFC. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Like. Pollard doesn't pass block as good as Zeke does. Zeke's a really good pass blocker, and yeah. Herbert doesn't pass block as well as Montgomery. Neither if Herbert, Herbert if doesn't receive as well as Montgomery hands, either, though. If he can get better hands, total game changer. But but they make you like like Montgomery and Zeke. What they do, what Zeke does for the Cowboys, he will make you like feel it as the game goes on. He like wears on your defense. He's that extra yard getter like Montgomery is. Yeah, because he weighs 300 pounds. <laughs> just fucking just maxing out Mickey yeah, D's practice you know, before practice. He is <laughs> enormous, but yeah, you still have to worry about CD Lamb. They don't have the same arsenal of receivers, but they still got Michael Gallup over there. Uh, if Zeke's not in, I don't know. I'm going to look at their depth chart because it's not like they're just going to run one back out there, you know? No, it probably. I mean, I'm not. I don't even know who the third string is because they don't really. So use yeah, Scott said in the chat that Adam Rank tweeted that. Yeah, dude, their their third string running back's name is Rico Dowdle, and he's on IR. There's no shot. That's a real guy. <laughs> Rico Dowdle, you said. Rico Dowdle. He's got some pretty sick dreads, though. I'm not gonna lie. So he's definitely like- he's definitely a real person. He has a picture on ESPN, but well, as long as he's real, I guess. I mean, yeah. Offensively, I think this is a game that we have one man and one man that we really need to worry about. And the other guy, he will take his chances. He may intercept Justin Fields, but on those chances that he doesn't intercept Justin Fields, I expect our receivers to get in behind him because Diggs is a very aggressive corner in their secondary. But the man that roams that front seven area, uh, that, that, Penn State Nittany, Nittany Lions say that 10 times quick. Don't know what the hell we're going to do with that guy this week and how we're going to stop him from giving Justin Fields a hard time back there. It's going to be nasty, dude. He's I, like minus 110 for defensive player of the year halfway through the season. Anytime there's a minus at this point. <laughs> dude, He he's got eight sacks. He like is your defensive player of the year unless he gets hurt. He's got like 36 pressures through seven games. Like, it, the guy's a fucking menace. It's, 
pay a lot. We're just trying to figure out how we're going to block Micah Parsons this week. If you have any any ideas, please let us know in the comments. Yeah, I'm looking to block him on Twitter, too, and I don't even think I can do that. He's so fucking good. It's going to be tough, man. If Borum's out, if, like, we already have Lucas Patrick, who I'm not even sure is really that good, but, like, better than Mustafer. Now – Wait to fucking kick him when he's down. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. I'm just saying. Like, I'm not even sure he's that good. Just He's just, like, a slight upgrade from the dude that should be strapped to a rocket ship who we somehow just – he just keeps, like, avoiding this rocket he had, ship. He had a higher grade than uh, everyone's, you know, darling Tevin Jenkins last week. So, yep, take your flowers, Sam. Must have for a good game. Don't see that. I don't know how that happened. Did you see the, did you see the play? Like, I know you saw the video where he's, like – He's like taking a walk in the park. He's looking around. He was like just strolling, taking his dog out, walking towards the lake. Like he, dude. the dude was not even looking to put a hit on anyone. Sam Mustafer. And then on the other side, you have Tevin Jenkins literally throwing people from the line of scrimmage out of the stadium and like knocking yeah, them that, on their ass. But listen, dude, the stat nodes don't care about that. The numbers they can go there. fuck themselves with that one. <laughs> I think it was PFF too that graded him higher, which. Makes it look less relevant, too, because you're like, okay, Sam Mustafer is not better than Tevin Jenkins, but we digress. <laughs> not even close. No, I, it's funny sometimes, though. Like, you wonder, like, that's where I get, like, okay. You PFF wonder how much Dion loves Notre Dame. What, are you about to say Mustafer's better? No, I said you wonder how much Don loves Notre Dame. Let's hear it. How much? I think the best the best Notre Dame player on our team right now is Equinavia St. Brown. And it's not even close. Dude, he blocks the ever-living shit out of people as a receiver, and he's good at we got, Dude, we got three of them, and they're all on offense. Komet's been good, too, though. I mean, his Komet's been good, but they still don't know how to use him. Nobody knows how to use Cole Komet, and the last person that knows how to use him, I will not say his name because I, I do not respect him as a human being. But, yeah, and fuck LSU. But <laughs> you about to say Chase Claypool? No, 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 Brian Kelly. That was his last. Oh, no. Yeah, that was the last coach that knew how to use him because Matt Nagy doesn't know what to do with Cole Komet. uh, And so far, Eberflus has minimally used him in this offense. And I think this is an offense that, especially this week, right, you're going to need the checkdowns. You're going to need David Montgomery coming out of the flats to catch a pass and get you five or six yards. You're going to need Cole Komet to catch an out route or catch something over the middle because – the pressure of this deep line and this this front seven, probably up there with some of the best in the league, if not the best. And it's protect Justin at all costs. You know what I'm saying? And the line's banged up too, so protect themselves as well because they're already all banged up. I think they're going to have to do a lot of the same things that they did in last week's game as far as, like, moving the pocket, like the sprint outs. Like, that stuff kind of can – you can kind of neutralize some of the straight up like blitzes and like just him coming at you, coming at your line. Like, I think that is going to be key, like getting him off balance and getting him moving side to side more so than just directly straight down at you. Yeah. Because then you can kind of, you can throw him off a little bit and maybe you can get like, all right, he's coming at you. We've seen it with fields a ton with just different plays where yeah, my, my favorite, where we just run him into someone's asshole. Just run, or fields or somebody just runs. That's one of my. That's one of my new ones for this year. I haven't used that one until this year. But after many years of watching the Bears' offense, we love the play where you just call hike and run into someone's asshole. Just 
one of your alignments. It's, yeah, it's, it's the Mark Sanchez over and over again. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. But listen, I, we're 10-point dogs already, and it's only going to get higher. And we lost Robert Quinn. And I don't know, man. It, it's a weird game to begin with, I think. If you don't trade Robert Quinn and you just go into this game momentum like high, same roster that you had on Monday night like five, six days before, and anything can happen. But I am scared now that offensive line we're not going to have enough and defensive line we're not going to have enough. And with the Cowboys having their full arsenal of weapons, as high as it was last week, dude, it could be right back down to like, we're getting shit bumped. Obviously, I'm not going to put that on record and say we're going to lose because it's the NFL, and if there is a team known for losing games that they have no business losing, it is the Dallas Cowboys led by Mike McCarthy, who is not a good head coach, never has been, and Dak, I don't know. They're a team that definitely fumbles games that they shouldn't, so I'm not going to discount us, especially with how good we've looked, but and look at their outside playmakers too. Like they have basically CD Lamb and like maybe Dalton Schultz. Like who else? Like Michael Gallup yeah, still Gallup, getting over yeah. the ACL tear. He hasn't been that good. Like yeah, no, their offense hasn't been great this season. Like what was it they scored last week? Like twenty four and eighteen of those were in the second half. They did a lot in the second half. If yeah, they're gonna, if they're going to think that they can wait until the second half to score against us, they have another thing. Coming. Oh, this is the second half Bears, yeah. baby. You don't yeah, do they, that. They have another thing coming if they think that they can take the first half off offensively and then come back out in the second half and just put up points on us. But let's see what Rob says. After the Patriots game, I feel like the Bears have – a realistic chance to win this game. The defense matches up well with the Cowboys' offense. Yeah, I think you're but, right, but like, if it's you different. look at like pressure rates and stuff, now you're losing Robert Quinn, who I know hasn't been great this year, like numbers wise. But like, you can you can look at multiple different reasons for that. And like, you look at the pressure rate from the Bears; they don't get much pressure, and the Cowboys don't allow much pressure. And on the other side, like you said, this is a battle of lines this week. Because the Cowboys are first in sacks. The Bears have allowed the most sacks. And and the adjusted sack rates are the same way. Like, the Bears are the only team in double-digit percentages, percentage points for adjusted sack rate allowed on for the offensive line. The only team. Like, the next best team or the next worst team is the Atlanta Falcons, who's at 9.9%. The Bears are close to 16%. Like, well, hello, you know, Ryan Pace, by the way, but um, <laughs> something with offensive lines with that guy. But I just, man, uh, this is going to be hard. Atlanta, the Atlanta Bears. Hard. The Atlanta Bears. Yeah, hello, Atlanta Bears. This is going to be – I don't know about this line play. I agree with a lap, though, about the yeah. the passing defense. Like, that secondary the Bears have right now, especially with the rookies playing the way they are and Kendall Vildor <laughs> playing the way he is, too. I don't know how they're going to get open against the Bears. They're going to have to get schemed open, and I feel like some of that could be maybe bringing too many pressures in situations where you shouldn't, and then the Bears get beat that way because they're they feel like they're not getting home and they bring too much pressure. Like the pre-snap motion that the Cowboys usually like to run, at least like last season and stuff. Like Kellen Moore likes a lot of pre-snap motion. I feel like that could really fuck up the Bears defensively, but. 
I mean, you better score early because I, I know Flus will make those adjustments in the second half. Yeah, Kellen Moore is another guy who does not scare me uh, as far as calling a game. Like he, his first year out, everyone was so enamored by him, and then ever since then, it's just been him farting on his nuts. So <laughs> I don't know, dude. I well, in fairness, they also haven't I don't, had a quarterback most of the season either, though. So yeah, I'm, but. I'm getting smoked by my allergies right now. I literally feel like Gucci, man. I cannot breathe through my nose. But, yeah, anyways, I don't like that this game's at Jerry World. I'd rather have this game, like, especially with the way the weather is this week, out at Soldier, like a nice little bear weather game. But I think our team is a team that is meatball, and we have to get a meatball taken since Quentin's not with us today. As meatball as this sounds, our team is significantly faster on turf, dude. Yeah, because they play on shit. Indoors. They're like, oh, this is new. This feels so good. Like, yeah. So, like, your point of we got to hit them early. Like, I almost want to say it's – we're in the meeting rooms right now talking about, you know, we're, we're calling up Tavares Jackson to dress so we can win the toss and get the ball first. You know what I'm saying? Like, that type of shit. Travis Jackson, <laughs> the all-time winningest coin toss leader in NFL history, but like that's a we, stat right there. We need the ball first. We need points first, and then that's when we adjust to how we play. Because if we go down early, it's going to be hard to come back against this team because they're they're they know we're going to pass, so their DBs are going to be more aggressive, right? And then on top of that, if we go down early and they know we're going to be passing as well, like their pass rush is going to recap. So it's not a matter of of if or how. It's just when and how many times they get after Justin because, like you said, it's it's what, the number one pass, pass rush attack in the entire NFL, and our offensive line is not that, you know? So we're going to need some good performances, and people are going to have to step up too because the injury report – the two did not practice. The two that did not practice today uh, was guard Lucas Patrick with the toe injury, and then Larry Borum, who has a concussion. So you can pretty much count Larry Borum out because if he got a concussion on Monday, you know there's no way that he's going to be ready to play on Sunday. So mm -hmm. it is what it is. But did you see uh, the Byron Pringle thing? I I think he's he could return this week, right? I did not see that. No. I think Byron Pringle might be back. I, I flu said, um, let me see what he said here. We're going to see where he, where he goes in terms of his conditioning level. He's been working with the strength staff, and we're going to open up, open his window up today. If he does really well, we'll see what happens later in the week. That's what Flus was saying about Byron Pringle. So we might see him. I don't know. Yo, so I think we need to get this on T-shirts because I could get this for the Huskies. I could get this for Notre Dame. I could get this for the Bears. But control the clock and pound the rock. I like, like that. Like, holy shit. Coming from a guy who has never played a snap of football in his life, this guy is such a football man at heart that a lot – we need to talk to Tony to get that shit on a T-shirt. But Pringle's 21-day window start to – to return from IR starts today. So we won't get him back for a few weeks. You know how that shit goes. But but he can, though, technically, yeah. I think. But. Honestly, I think this is a game. It wasn't on the books when I looked earlier, and I didn't think about it because, you know what? That's 
That's weird, dude. I looked on the books earlier in the week because I was uh, talking about the game, and it wasn't up. And that was like an hour before I got off of work, and then Quinn got traded. And then, uh, see, so, that, you, so you tell me they're not in bed together, yeah? They but, know a little something when before moves are announced, somebody's like, "Hey, scary, man, scary shit." But, I want to pull that down. So the numbers for the game still remain the same: Bears plus nine and a half, over under forty two and a half. You know, Bears, Cowboys public money's coming in too. Yeah, so, so well Quentin, Quentin said to wait, wait until Sunday. I like um, that. And then the money line is plus 340. But another bet that I think is a consistent bet that you can hit each week if you're not crazy to hit the money line, but the Bears over one and a half touchdowns. It's 135. It's a little it's a little juiced, but last week it was minus 115, and that shit slapped by halftime. So I think there's a lot of value in – Joey, you can probably back me up because your props went 3-0 on Monday night. But there's a lot of value in a team like our team right now in the betting markets as far as the prop markets go, as far as team totals go, and as far as basically anything having to do with moving the ball and scoring points. Now, obviously, we have not shown on a consistent basis that our players can do that and they can consistently hit those yard totals. But you're talking about Justin Fields hit his pass – his passing yards the last five weeks. They mm-hmm. don't know they don't know what the proper number is for him each week and in, in and out. And I saw a tweet earlier that I don't remember what week it's dating back to. He is it's it's not the full season, but the last few weeks, the fourth quarterback in fantasy. With up there with like Mahomes and that rushing, man. Yeah. That well, rushing. Dude, and, and it's finally it's finally beautiful to see a team utilize his legs and utilize RPOs and ways to get him in space and get him involved in the rushing game. Cause he had, was it 80 yards the last game? He had plenty of yards against Washington. I want to say about 80 yards in Washington against or against Washington as well. And. But a lot of that came unscripted. This last week was, was scripted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this, this week, uh, even this week against the Cowboys, I'd like to see scripted and unscripted because He's going to be running for his life a little bit back there, you know? Mm-hmm. Dude, I honestly think, like, I love well, I love the play calling from last week. I think we all did. We all walked away from that. I don't know a single person that's, like, out there that watches the Bears or, like, even, like, you, you put on, you know, NFL Network or anything like that. Everybody's like, I love the way they schemed it up. I love the way they catered to the strengths. And and it's so true, man. Like, you, if you do something like that similar, I know – Fields was saying they stole plays from the Ravens. Why wouldn't you though? Like, if you're a smart yeah. coaching staff or smart team, you you make adjustments and you, it's a copycat league. Like, you see what works out there and you use that to your players' strengths. Matt Nagy would have never done this in his life, dude. He would have he would have died before he ever caved in and used somebody else's plays or somebody else's system. like what except what he knew I feel like was a lot of Andy Reid's stuff and then he just like I don't know so I guess you could go back and forth on that but I, he wouldn't have changed he wouldn't have changed like mid-season like that like we saw a change within you know seven weeks of football like it's crazy yeah, I, right? I like Eberflus I think Eberflus is a good coach he's the right fit for this team I think Getsy still 
even though last week we saw a masterpiece from him, still needs time to adjust to being an NFL offensive coordinator. It's a new kick for him. You know what I'm saying? It's not he's not used to it. So all things considered, I think the team is in a good position to play spoiler again. And yeah, it's it's not gonna be easy. It's gonna have to be a game that gets shortened because like last week it didn't seem like the Patriots had the ball at all. You know what I'm saying? We had the ball for the entire game. And if your defense can continue to get off the field and your offense can move the ball down the field methodically, we had like six, seven, eight minute long drives last week. We need that type of performance this week in order to win this game. And we're going to have to get some turnovers because we're going to need extra possessions. Do you want to know the time of possession last week? I'm very horny to find out. It was over 30 minutes. Oh, absolutely. It was over. close to 40. Close yeah, to 40. 37-14 Bears, and New England had 22-46 of yeah. possession. When you have an entire quarter's worth of possession over your opponent, and you won the turnover margin three by three, over with. There's I mean, that fourth quarter was like we're – we're, Unless you're Iowa football, bro, you are winning that game. Don't do this. Don't do that. We're not even getting, we're not even close to Saturday. Now. We're not even close to Saturday. I don't want to hear about Iowa. Nothing Iowa. Yeah. ISM was cut. Uh, Riley Reef probably still can't sniff the field even with line injuries. Um, Riley Reef's been in the locker room watching Riley Reed. <laughs> I just caught that. Um, it's bad that I know who that is. Um, yeah, it's bad that you said it too, probably. Uh, honestly, though, I feel like this is a game that, like you said, they can upset. They can shock again. I know we're in Jerry World, whatever. We're a frisky uh, team, though, you know. It can become ours. Jerry World can become ours. It can become Justin's world. And the spread, I feel like that's a freaking lock. Like, I hate to throw that word out there, the lock word, but I feel like that's a lock because yeah, I mean, they don't lose by more than eight points this season outside of the Packers. That, that and the over one and a half total touchdowns or whatever the team total are, I think are pretty solid bets. But the money line is such a love-hate relationship, right? Because last week was the first week of the season that I didn't take it, and it was the juiciest one. I didn't take it, was, it either last week. And, and – and and let's let's have a moment here, right? Is it us? Are we the one that kill the bears every week? Because well, we I, we don't have many weeks to stack this stat up against. But we we both just took the spread. Like okay, let's just let's just not get embarrassed, right? And shit pumping. So are we on the hot? Are we on the hot seat for when we bet the bears money line? You did predict them still though in the preview. So I'll say that don't yeah. bet the money line maybe, but. Quentin and me picked against the Bears for the outcome, and then we were pleasantly surprised. So I, I'm yeah. – spoiler alert, I'm picking against the Bears this week again. Shit bag. Just so they – just so they, like – I, I want to be pleasantly surprised, dude. I want – I don't want to sit there and be, like, you know, thinking this way, like, oh, my God, the pain of me losing money and stuff, all that too. Like, just, just give me a win. Just feed me Hammering a win. Hammering the Bears' money line. Responsibly perverted, just straight up perverted. I think, um, I don't know, man, it's gonna be fun to watch. I, 
I'm not saying they're gonna win, but I think they, I feel like they really do have a shot this week again. And we'll see what it happens. Feels, it feels good, right? To be in the thick of things, to have a team that I mean, I know it was just one game, but we can sit back and say if they play like that this week. You got a cheat code. You yeah. got a cheat code at quarterback. When you when you have a cheat code at quarterback, you can pull shit out of your ass and win games. Like, yeah, that's pretty much what happens if he plays like that. And the defense, like turnovers, man, get some turnovers on deck. You start getting those turnovers. You don't have the. They can't play crazy ball control because I don't think Powered Powered is a really good change of pace back. I don't think he's a like a burden carrier. I don't think he can carry the load for a full. I mean, maybe he can. Yeah. You proved me wrong, but like, I don't see him like taking thirty carries this week or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah, know, Demarco Murray ain't coming out that tunnel on Sunday. Demarco Murray, <laughs> dude, he was actually kind of a beast. Yeah, yeah, he, he was. was. For a um, bit. What do you have for score prediction and players of the game? Oh. I think uh, score prediction, what's the total? 42 and a half, 43 and a half, something like that? 42 and a half. I think that, I think it might go over. Um, I think I don't it might go over too, yeah. I don't want to bet that, but I think it might go over, especially playing in the, playing in the, on the turf. That's uh, that sounds like an over bet right there. Um, I'll say Dallas. I mean, the Flues defense, they're not going to give up that much. I'll say 20, 24. I think they do get three touchdowns. 24, Bears, 20. 24-20. I got to do it. I got to go against I got to go against the Bears this week because I want them to win, so I can't pick them. Yeah, you look, you look like you're eight years old now, now that I am the one with more facial hair just because I didn't shave today, but – Hey, come on, that five o'clock chat, he's coming in a little bit. I gotta get closer. Yeah. Um yeah, dude. I I think it is gonna be a more high scoring game because the Cowboys I don't know, they get they get into like those back and forth games, you know what I'm saying? They get into games where there's just this team scores a touchdown, we get a touchdown, and then comes down to the last drive. And I think if the Bears can Stay in the game till the last drive, and we can get like an away game, Justin Fields, like walk off moment. That would be sick. Now, obviously, that that's a very like specific way to look at this game, but I think this got to be Justin Fields' first game at Jerry World, right? I'm pretty sure. Did they play him last year? No, uh, they not, wouldn't have played him. Play there, played him there. Yeah, so it's got to be played him at all. It's got to be his first game there, and uh, it's the Dallas Cowboys. Like as much as we all talk shit about the Dallas Cowboys, like you don't think the players want to go into Jerry World and just ruin the Cowboys fans' day and fuck them up? Like, oh, I think just I think, dude, I'm just gonna keep making like Justin Fields same game parlays with only his props. In them because that's what I was gonna say. I yeah. lost my train of thought for a minute. I'm pounding right right now weekly. Half a over, touchdown, yeah. Half a touchdown. His rushing yards and his passing back. and rushing together, though. Together, all three. Like, all you three, could do it all three, all three separate too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could do all three separate, but but most importantly, do all three together because they're all hitting, no matter what. But that's yeah. that goes back to your point though about the markets being lower on the Bears because of what they expect 
from the Bears. The betting markets are too, because a lot of the sharps, the sharps, are taking unders on a lot of this shit, and just like they were taking the under on the preseason total, and they're about to get slapped in the mouth with it. I will not be taking the under in any form this week. I got the Bears winning this one. I'm going to say 27-24. Maybe Justin Fields doesn't have to drive us all the way down the field. Maybe we get a little field goal at the end from Cairo Santos, who, by the way, won special teams player of the week. Fucking love that guy. Cairo Santos. Cairo Santos, man. Yeah, He's got saint. He is a saint. But, yeah, it is a tough game on the road. Short turnaround. You lose your – you're a captain on defense, essentially, in, in Robert Quinn. So, but you gotta you gotta respond. It's the NFL. You gotta find a way to win a football game on offense and defense. Who you think uh, is most important for this week? I mean, offensively, it always comes down to Fields. I hate to say that, but it just it's the truth of the matter. If he shows up, he can bail you out. If, uh, but I also think the player of the game, like Quinton went with for his player of the game after New England. After that game, we did the post-game show. Luke Getze, I think he is the most important man this week, again, with dealing with line injuries. Um, you're going to have to get creative, especially when you already have a guy that's been a hole there all season long in Sam Mustafer, And then Larry Borum not playing that well. And even if he's out, like who's replacing him? It's a lot of question marks in that line. Luke Getze's going to have to get creative. Pound the rock, control the clock. Let's let's create the T-shirt. I love it. Um, offensively, I'll go with Getzy. Defensively, it's a tough one. I feel like we're going to have to get some pressure, though. Robert Quinn not being there. Let's go Dominique Robinson. It's a big difference, you know. It's a big difference. You're going to have to get some pressure. You're going to have to – somebody else is going to have to step up, maybe tip a few balls to line like we saw last week. Dominique Robinson. Maybe That'll be my guy. Stick your face mask out and just take it off the face mask and hope that it gets picked off like it did against us a few weeks ago. But yeah, yeah. Uh, offensively. Ooh, ooh! Did you see that? You saw? I know you saw that. Tevin Jenkins lay out the dude after he tipped the ball. Oh, yes. baby! Sorry, it just reminded me that I, got me all excited. I, I didn't see it, but I saw it. No, I'm just kidding. But. You know I have my Tevin Jenkins bullshit that I always just say. I'm like, oh, yeah, he sucks. I don't, I don't care. But Yeah, he's a monster. That's just my sarcasm. You you hate you hate Ryan Poles, yet you don't like Tevin Jenkins, and he wasn't even a Poles guy. Yeah. But make it make sense. Poles almost got rid of him and didn't do it. Maybe that's why I hate Poles. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Throw the tinfoil hat on. Throw the tinfoil hat on. But offensively – I think it's O-line. If the O-line doesn't play well this week, we don't stand a chance in hell. And right now on Wednesday, as it stands, we don't really know what the offensive line is going to be because, as you know, it was a new five last week. So we'll see what happens. But offensive line is the most important position group in my eyes for this game. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I think I'm going to go Travis Gibson. I think that's a guy who's who's been in, taking like a more increased role as far as a leader goes. He's been more vocal. You see him 
always breaking down huddles and, and just all sorts of shit that you see. And you see usually from a veteran guy. And that's a guy that's younger than both of us. You know what I'm saying? Like he's out there commanding huddles and leading his guys. And I think that's very admirable. And now that the guy that has paved the way for him throughout his career as a Chicago bear is gone, it's his turn to step up and be that next guy. I like Robinson as another pick, but you know, you guys know Gibson's my guy. Um, I'm going to lay off getting his Jersey. Cause if I get his Jersey, then he'll definitely get traded or released at some point. But I think he at least gets a, a sack and a half this weekend, and hopefully he can create a turnover. And for like score, score, like I said, 27-24. I like that call. You're very close to a lap, too. He said 27-23 Bears, I think. Um, so you guys are very close there. We're, we're not too far off. Yeah, and um, we, need to use, we need to utilize our receiver's speed and utilize the deep ball that Justin Fields can throw with zero weather elements of affecting it. To go against Trayvon. Yeah, absolutely. And Diggs, from what I've seen over, like, you know, I haven't watched real closely a lot of Cowboys games this season, but from what I've seen, Diggs can be very aggressive. Like, yeah. he'll make a ton of plays, and he, that's why he gets all the accolades and, you know, every, all the praise. He's very good that way, and he's a playmaking corner, but he can get burnt because he's of over aggressiveness. So maybe that's a way that the Bears can really attack this defense. Yeah. And I'm not trying to hear his son in the post game press conference talking about, thank you, Justin, for throwing my dad a football. Hell no. So <laughs> if we throw a pick anyone, but him, but I I'd like to see another clean game out of Justin. I'd like to see another clean game out of this offense and out of Luke Getzey. And I honestly think that we can find a way I'll be happy with it, but no matter which way the game goes, which I did see when I looked at uh, the ESPN, like, the FPI power index or whatever, and there was a 0.4% chance to tie. So keep that in mind. <laughs> they gave us uh, like a 20% chance to win. So all right, this, yeah. this is one of those games that we could be up 14, nothing. And you could probably still hit the money line then because it'll probably still be like plus 100, but we're going to find a way out there on Sunday. And like I said, no matter which way it goes, we will be here to recap it for you. Hopefully it's another Bears victory because Monday was one of the most fun episodes that we've had of the show. But, Joey, give us some uh, some final wrap-up thoughts before we head out. Well, before I do that, I, I was going to ask you, Trayvon Diggs or Darnell Mooney, are the officials asking – which one are the officials asking for an autograph after the game like the Mike Evans thing? Darnell Mooney for sure. All yeah, right. he, you don't ask the refs uh, after your game where you can go golf at. That's what they were saying. That's what they. That's what what they claim. Talking about a golf course, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure a golf course. So they wrote it down and oh yeah, here here, break break down which one you wanted to go to. Damn like, bro, yeah. I just got I, so. I just got scared for a second that we were getting kicked off because I saw the Bulls game was 95-90, but it's only in the third quarter. So it's a high scoring game so, in the third though. So, yeah, now we will start the second hour of Bears on tap. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts before we head out? Not really, man. Find a way to get a win. You know what I mean? It's just keep doing what you were doing last week. Build on that momentum. Uh, hopefully they can carry it over, even though it's a little demoralizing probably in the locker room right now without Robert Quinn. I, I truly feel like it's this is going to be a game where you're going to have to overcome some of the feelings that you have. Like go out there and – I have no doubt that a guy like Roquan Smith and some of these other guys, they have the character 
they have the toughness, even mental toughness, to overcome this and to just get out there and be a professional and to play football and play tough. And Flus, I mean, he says, do it for the next man, the, the guy next to you. You know, like the stuff they're preaching in that locker room, it feels like it's a very good vibe and atmosphere right now. And they're really strength building, character building right now. Even though a lot of these guys already had, you know, the toughness factor. But I feel like they can overcome this. So I just want them to ride that wave. Like, remember how good it felt to win, right? On Monday Night Football. Remember how good it felt to beat Bill Belichick and the Patriots on Monday Night Football on primetime when everybody doubted you. Not a single person picked you to win the game. And you're probably not going to get too many people who are going to pick you to win this game. Again, in Jerry. Oh, yeah, no, the gra- the graphic's going to be the same as it was last week. It's just going to be all Cowboys. I already can see it. Use that as fuel, man. It's got to be fuel. That's 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 how you're going to win games. You have to be fueled. And, I mean, they've so far they've done nothing to show us that they're not going to put up a fight. So, like, I feel good about walking into each Bears game. Like, you know it's going to be competitive for the most part. Like, the Packers game, okay, whatever. That's a one-off, right? We're going to see them again, but. Feel good, man. Feel good about this game coming up. Hey, hey, beat on who sleeps in later. Mike McCarthy or Ryan Poles, a lap says, I'm going to say McCarthy because never thought he was good. Poles, I'm still, we're, we're questioning. We're still yeah. questioning. Yeah, I mean, Poles is probably just getting up right now as we're finishing this episode. So, makes you think. Really makes you think. But, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I am going to mentally prepare myself by Sunday afternoon that there is an avenue to win this game. And just because the morale can be low because we did lose Quinn, I wouldn't discount our chances to win this game because the Cowboys are probably licking their chops thinking that this game is going to be super easy and that they're going to roll right over us. But I think at the very least we'll be competitive in this game. And if we can find a way to win late, that'd be even better. But a lap has one final one final note, he said Poles woke up to find out he sleepwalked a trade with the Eagles. Yeah, essentially what happened. Um, here's one. We'll go with one. One final one final shining moment for uh, Puerto Rican Bobby. For those of you that don't know, that's his Instagram tag. Best memory of Robert Quinn as a bear. And he broke the record, man, last year. Broke the record? That, I mean, there's a lot of good ones. But, you know, the strips – there's a lot of good at ones. That point is, at that point in his career, though, at the age he was to do that at a historic franchise like the Bears, as much as people won't give us that credit to say historic before it, there's one thing that we've always done well, and that's play defense. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty solid uh, ending note. Rip Robert Quinn. Uh, rip the old defense because it's a whole bunch of new guys. The only two real remaining pieces left are Roquan Smith and Eddie Jackson. And uh, Jalen Johnson, I mean, well, but he's one of the new, he's one of the newer still, numbers, yeah, three years, yeah. but still new, pretty much, yeah. So, frustrating day, but onward, we have to move and get ready for the Dallas Cowboys at Jerry World. And hopefully, by the end of Sunday afternoon, it will be named Justin's World. But this was Bears on Tap presented to you by On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BeatOn300, and you can follow Joey at Joey Knows Nothing. We'll be back to you guys on the other side of this Bears game. We have nothing else for you guys tonight. And bear down. Bear down.